Well, timing of institution of androgen deprivation therapy has to take in, into consideration risk of the disease. How rapidly is it progressing? What's the risk of it metastasizing and shortening the patient's life over the next five to 10 years? It has to take into consideration the patient's life expectancy. How long is that patient at risk and does his disease pose a threat to his healthy longevity? And thirdly, it depends upon his quality of life, how important uh, libido and sexual activity is, how much he wants to avoid the potential side effects of androgen deprivation therapy. In general, though, the collective output of a number of randomized clinical trials asking questions of whether or not earlier institution is better than delayed institution all show that earlier therapy is better than delayed therapy. And most recently in this area is the TOAD trial of, out of Australia, looking at PSA recurrent non-metastatic patients. Um, uh, and it clearly showed that earlier therapy delayed times to metastasis and reduced risk of prostate cancer death compared to starting hormone therapy later after metastasis had appeared. So uh, almost all randomized trials support earlier onset of androgen deprivation therapy, the TOAD trial, the BOLA trial, the MESSING trial. Um, and, but what is important for us as clinicians is to risk stratify our patient. And that depends upon um, PSA doubling time and life expectancy. So if PSA doubling time is long, longer than two years, you can defer the onset of or the recommendation to start hormone therapy. But the more rapid the PSA doubling time, the shorter the time to metastatic conversion, and the more important it is that therapy be instituted earlier rather than later. What we do know from other trials, for example, the EPC Cassidex monotherapy trials, is that if you apply early hormone therapy to patients who are at low risk of death of their prostate cancer, you actually accelerate death from non-prostate cancer causes. Whereas if you apply that hormone therapy to patients who are at higher risk, who have higher risk disease, they then derive a survival benefit from early hormone therapy. And so this very nicely illustrates that it's the right patient, the right treatment, and the right patient at the right time is all part of uh, matching the um, um, uh, timing of androgen deprivation therapy to reduce risks of death from the disease. I think the main benefits for early versus delayed hormone therapy is that the randomized data suggests that or demonstrate that you can significantly delay uh, uh, time to metastatic progression and significantly prolong survival. So I think that in a disease where it is progressing or has the risk characteristics to pose a threat to healthy longevity, that earlier, in, earlier administration of androgen deprivation therapy has benefits in delaying both metastasis and death from prostate cancer. On the other hand, uh, in patients who have slowly progressive or low-risk disease, inappropriate recommendations of androgen deprivation therapy is going to be associated with side effects, 
hot flushes, loss of libido, um, general decreases in quality of life, and an increase in diabetes, weight gain, and cardiovascular risk that poses a threat to uh, cardiovascular side effects. So again, clinical judgment is important, selecting the right patient for the hormone therapy at the right time in his disease, and earlier is better when that disease is higher risk. Best time to start androgen deprivation therapy is at, uh, um, depending upon the state of the disease. If you're dealing with uh, PSA recurrent disease, where you're considering salvage therapy with radiation, then you want to treat earlier with hormone therapy and combine that with radiation therapy, where studies have shown that combined hormone therapy plus radiation is superior to radiation alone in the salvage setting post-surgery. If you're dealing with a PSA recurrence post-radiation, then again, we take into consideration PSA doubling time. And if the PSA rises, say, above three or four, meeting the Phoenix definition of recurrence, and is a doubling time of less than two years, then earlier institution is better than waiting because you can control or reduce the risk of metastatic conversion uh, by uh, uh, exposing that patient to earlier hormone therapy, usually in an intermittent fashion, as long as they're non-metastatic. If a patient presents with very high-risk disease, metastatic disease, high PSA levels, then again, immediate institution of androgen deprivation therapy is recommended because many levels of evidence, including randomized data, show that earlier androgen deprivation therapy in high-risk disease or even metastatic disease uh, uh, leads to a delay in to symptomatic progression and prolonged survival compared to waiting for that disease to progress to symptoms and starting androgen deprivation therapy. Well, the most important thing to consider before recommending androgen deprivation therapy is, again, the risk status of the disease in that particular patient. Uh, how much of a risk does the cancer pose to that patient's healthy longevity uh, over the next 5, 10, and 15 years? And so if you're very low risk, you're going to defer starting hormone therapy. If you're higher risk, you're going to start it earlier. If the cancer risk is deemed high enough to deem a benefit in terms of delaying progression, improving survival with immediate androgen deprivation therapy, there are another thing, a number of things you can do to help balance the side effects of androgen deprivation therapy against the benefits from an anti-cancer control point of view. First is that when you're going on androgen deprivation therapy, you help them understand the side effect profile. We have patient support groups that help them uh, discuss and deal with the symptoms of uh, hot flushes, with losses of libido, with emotional ability, just to help with, from a support group point of view, um, uh, as required for an individual patient. We help them uh, understand the risk of treatment on metabolic syndromes, weight gain and insulin um, uh, insensitivity. Uh, borderline diabetes, the importance of lifestyle modifications, exercise, uh, um, 
and watching your, your diet, going on a more of a heart-healthy, caloric-restricted diet to minimize weight gain while on hormone therapy. And finally, as an option from a therapeutic point of view, is that if you're non-metastatic, then continuous therapy isn't necessary. And starting them on earlier therapy and using it intermittently is equivalent to continuous therapy, but clearly without the long-term risks of continuous androgen deprivation therapy in that group of patients.